Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Samuel chapter 18 from the World English Bible. David counted the people who were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. David sent the people out, a third part under the hand of Joab and a third part under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zariah, Joab's brother, and a third part under the hand of Ittai, the Gittite. The king said to the people, I will also surely go out with you myself. But the people said, You shall not go out, for if we flee away, they will not care for us, neither if half of us die will they care for us. But you are worth ten thousand of us, therefore now it is better that you are ready to help us out of the city. The king said to them, I will do what seems best to you. The king stood beside the gate, and all the people went out by hundreds and by thousands. The king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. All the people heard when the king commanded all the captains concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the forest of Ephraim. The people of Israel were struck there before David's servants, and there was a great slaughter there that day of twenty thousand men. For the battle was there spread over the surface of all the country, and the forest devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Absalom happened to meet David's servants. Absalom was riding on his mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the sky and the earth, and the mule that was under him went on. A certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. Joab said to the man who told him, Behold, you saw it, and why didn't you strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten pieces of silver and a sash. The man said to Joab, Though I should receive a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I still wouldn't stretch out my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Beware that no one touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, if I had dealt falsely against his life, and there is no matter hidden from the king, then you yourself would have set yourself against me. Then Joab said, I'm not going to wait like this with you. He took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the middle of the oak. Ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded and struck Absalom and killed him. Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel, for Joab held the people back. They took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the forest, and raised over him a very great heap of stones. Then all Israel fled, each to his own tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself the pillar which is in the king's valley, for he said, I have no son to keep my name in memory. He called the pillar after his own name. It is called Absalom's monument to this day. 
Then Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me now run and carry the king news how Yahweh has avenged him of his enemies. Joab said to him, You must not be the bearer of news today, but you must carry news another day. But today you must carry no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go, tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. Then Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, said yet again to Joab, But come what may, please let me also run after the Cushite. Joab said, Why do you want to run, my son, since you will have no reward for the news? But come what may, he said, I will run. He said to him, Run. Then Ahimeaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof of the gate, to the wall, and lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man running alone. The watchman cried and told the king. The king said, If he is alone, there is news in his mouth. He came closer and closer. The watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, Behold, a man running alone. The king said, He also brings news. The watchman said, I think the running of the first one is like the running of Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok. The king said, He is a good man and comes with good news. Ahimeaz called and said to the king, All is well. He bowed himself before the king with his face to the earth and said, Blessed is Yahweh your God, who has delivered up the men who lifted up their hand against my lord the king. The king said, Is it well with the young man Absalom? Ahimeaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant, even me your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I don't know what it was. The king said, Come and stand here. He came and stood still. Behold, the Cushite came. The Cushite said, News for my lord the king, for Yahweh has avenged you today of all those who rose up against you. The king said to the Cushite, Is it well with the young man Absalom? The Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up against you to do you harm be as that young man is. The king was much moved and went up to the room over the gate and wept. As he went, he said, My son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, I wish I had died for you, Absalom, my son, my son. That is the end of chapter 18. So David is actively leading here, as he should as a king, as he should have been in chapters chapter 11, where Bathsheba was involved, and in chapter 12, where, where Joab said, um, we are routing the enemy, you should come and be king and, and take over the battle. The term all the people seems to be obviously referring to all the people in the army. We know that families and little ones went with them, but they aren't going to be going out to battle. Joab and Abishai still feature prominently, and then we have the comparatively new character of Ittai, whom we met in chapter 15. In spite of David saying that he will go to battle, this time his fighting force see David as more of a strategic vulnerability. It seems possible in context that it's it could be because the fighting involves his son, who he favors, and maybe not trustworthy out there on the battlefield. Also, because if he dies, they all immediately become traitors in Absalom's eyes and quite possibly could face the death sentence. 
It could also be because David is physically aging, which is something that will come up in another couple of chapters, or maybe it's a combination. But whatever their motivations are, David accepts their counsel. And this is where we see that there are no words of encouragement recorded for those going into battle. Now, it's possible David said some, but the whole emphasis of the chapter is that his main concern is Absalom, and he doesn't seem to be saying anything about his care for the rest of the people. So here goes his whole army risking their lives for him and the rest of his family, and he's only speaking of his concern of Absalom. Now, regarding Absalom riding on a mule, I don't know if I have seen pictures of this in the past where people have portrayed it in kind of a cartoonish way, but I have more recently in the last few years actually been around mules a lot more as I've been riding my horse, and all of these mules that I have seen are quite large and strong. So I don't think we need to necessarily picture Absalom on something like a little donkey with his legs sticking out the side. This is probably a big, strong mule that was strong for going out into battle. Regarding Absalom getting stuck in the tree, most people in commentaries assume, and they admit they're assuming that it was his hair that got caught in the tree, partly because of the previous emphasis in prior chapters on Absalom's hair, and partly because getting caught by the neck would probably have been more deadly, and he was obviously suspended there alive, You might say, as it were, between life and death. Now, the unnamed man or soldier seems quite justified in his evaluation of Joab, in spite of Joab saying he would have rewarded him for killing Absalom. And then this unnamed man's comment about no matter is hidden from the king is interesting in light of my previous wondering what David knew about what was really going on in his family, such as between Amnon and Absalom and then with Absalom's rebellion. Then we see again that Joab is a man of action, but questionable action. Recall that he and Abishai are David's nephews, the son of possibly an older sister, but still likely younger than David by a few years because we will see them being strong in battle a few years more than David is. But Joab can't be a lot younger because he was a warrior with David in the very early days Uh, Take, for instance, 2 Samuel 2, verse 13. There is no comment given to us from God's point of view, uh, beyond the fact that this is recorded in God's word, about Joab slaying Absalom. It is just related to us exactly as history, something that happened. But it is interesting that his 10 armor bearers join him in doing this. One could think that they were doing it partly to create a buffer, as it were, between Joab and David so that David couldn't say that just Joab killed Absalom and it has more of a tone of, oh, this happened in battle. But what Joab's action, his choice of killing Absalom did, was it ended the fighting. And it makes sense as a battle maneuver. Other people then were not killed when Absalom was killed. Joab called for the rest of the fighting to stop. But such is the nature of justice. If someone is causing the deaths of other people, sometimes it takes killing them for the killing to end. But Joab understands what he is up against. He tries to spare Ahimaaz getting injured or bearing the brunt of of bearing this bad news to David. But Ahimaaz wants the honor of being the first to declare victory to the king, though he obviously lies to avoid being the source of bad news. So then this poor Cushite is 
given the job of bearing this news. Just as a way of reminder, Cush was one of Ham's sons, if you look in Genesis chapter 10, verse 6, and he also was the father of Nimrod. Moses married a Cushite. We find out when Miriam and Aaron are trying to use it as slander against him. And then it's pretty common knowledge that the people of Ethiopia today still call themselves Cushites and are considered descended from Cush. When the watchman saw just one man coming, I think that was taken to mean that the whole army was not retreating. And so that's one reason it's seen as a good sign. But again, when David gets the news of the battle, he goes straight to asking about his son Absalom. He doesn't ask how his army is, how his soldiers are, how many have died, how they're doing. His grief is understandable, and I have experienced grief of the loss of a child, so I speak from experience that he could still have felt and expressed grief, but then also recognized his people who sacrificed much so that David didn't die. And I hear, I don't believe David, who at any point could have turned himself over to Absalom and died. So I don't think this is an honest response of David, oh, that he had died for his son, compared with all the decisions he made. And this particular scenario will continue in the next chapter. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 